There it is, planet Druidia. And underneath the air shield, 10,000 years of fresh air. We must get through that air shield. We will, sir. Once we kidnap the princess, we can force her father, King Roland, to give us the combination to the air shield, thereby destroying planet Druidia and saving planet Spaceball. Everybody got that? Good. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. Hello, and thank you for welcoming. Thank you for welcoming. Thank you for listening. Thank you for yeah, to Cheap Seat right. Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. The greater good. This is episode two hundred and seven, but it doesn't really matter because. Just like the, the like the points don't matter, the order doesn't matter. I am Sean Allred, and joining me tonight is who is it? Is Andrew? She's gone from suck to blow, Jimison. Hey. <laughs> oh, nice foley work there. Um, corny, switch mine to the soup, Logan. I ain't found shit. <laughs> uh, and Sam drinks coffee while watching Radar Vector. Yes, my uh, Schwartz is uh, bigger than your Schwartz, just oh. so you know. Oh, I have, I know. That's, not, that's yeah. not even up for debate. Long since been proven. <laughs> science. I creamed my Schwartz when I saw Sean's beard. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, my wife has already told me to shave it off, so I'll be shaving it tomorrow. Oh. She hates no, it. No, you look distinguished. Yeah, yeah she, you look like some sort of, uh, I don't know, red-headed uh, hobo. You know what my uh, son said? I know people who are listening to the show, most of y'all don't even know what I look like except from the weird picture on our Facebook page. But um, my son said, you look like Santa Claus. And I'm like, oh, my, okay. my beard isn't white and I'm not that big. He goes, well, no, but you still look like Santa Claus. And Okay. In so many ways. He called you fat. Fight him. Uh, yeah, fight him. Yeah, he's my, my five-year-old. Um, but it was funny because this for my, I, I, while I was gone for the month in Indiana, I'm back home now as we record this, which is fantastic. Um, and my daughter ran to me when I came in, and then she immediately put her hands to my face and just giggled and then ran away saying, ew. So. You know, that's exactly what I did when I saw you last, too. <laughs> oh, well, I, was gonna, I actually figured the joke was going to be, and that's what my <laughs> wife did when she saw me. Like, uh, anyway, so we're doing Spaceballs, the movie. That's right. Uh, listener Balls. Andrew, um, uh, not Andrew Jimison, uh, but um, Andrew uh, Abernathy, who has uh, been listening to us since kind of the beginning, honestly. He sent me a Twitter message and said, hey, you should do... Uh, <laughs> You should do Spaceballs. I'm like, hell, freaking yeah, let's do Spaceballs. That sounds fun. So it's on um, Amazon if you're listening and want to watch it, how to find it. It's on Amazon streaming. It's not well, on I watch it on Netflix. I don't know what you guys did. Oh, well, 
you must have that weird Canadian Netflix that has other things that <laughs> the American one doesn't. Um, so, so yeah, so we've done comedies before. I've, I've long since said that comedies are kind of hard to do for the podcast because you can't really take the movie seriously and you can't really make fun of it. Um, so kind of our jobs is to basically talk about the, does the movie hold up? All right. This movie is right. What? 31 years old. Do, do are, is it still funny? Do the jokes still work? Um, and so that's kind of what we're going to talk about is, is we'll, we'll kind of talk about the movie and when I know we've all seen it probably many, many, many times. Um, I didn't take a single show note on this movie because I could quote it from the beginning to the end. Um, I've seen it so many times. This is probably my most viewed Mel Brooks film, like by far, not even close. <laughs> um, but we experienced, Andrew, you weren't part of the show yet, but when we watched Ghostbusters for the podcast, it was one of the, if not the first time, I had seen the un-TV'd version. And that's kind of the same with Spaceballs. I think I've only ever seen the theatrical version like once. Really? Um, so the whole we ain't found shit part? Never heard that before. Because <laughs> no. because the dubbed that version is we actually yeah the version that I hear on TV because on the VHS copy <clears throat> that I have that I recorded off of TBS is he says we ain't found nothing. Um, and like the whole asshole bit wasn't in it either. They who, totally cut out. Yeah, who made that man a gunner? I did, sir. He's my cousin. And then he just cuts him closing his helmet saying keep firing like that's it that's the whole bit and so in the whole thing he's like he's an asshole i'm like of course he's an asshole no that's his name he's an asshole and i'm surrounded by assholes like that but that part's been cut so i (laughs) i was laughing because i haven't heard the bit before um so there was a lot of that going on so I'm, i'm actually kind of excited to talk about this movie to and kind of see if we think it holds up and uh and yeah, so Andrew, if uh, hopefully I've stalled enough to let you uh, to find the IMDb page. See, you're kind of freaking me out right now. Are you okay? What's wrong? <laughs> I don't. Your eyes are just really big and kind of weirding me out. <laughs> you good? Okay, Andrew. Yeah. What is Spaceballs other than objects in space that are ball shaped? <laughs> Seriously, well, freaking me out. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Planet Spaceballs President Scoob <laughs> sends Lord Dark Helmet to steal Planet Druidia's abundant supply of air to replenish their own, and only Lone Star can stop them. Okay, yeah, that's that's actually kind of the story. Um, good job, IMDb. You had 31 years to get it right. <clears throat> uh, so I guess, Andrew, I'll let you start off as uh, as tradition dictates. All right. Well, I have this to say. Uh-oh. Okay. Um, Between the Foley work and now uh, sound effects, yeah, Andrew's up on his game. I tell you, it's impressive. Well, I've I've been waiting to do this podcast for <laughs> 35 years now. Is that it? No, I'm 31. This movie came out 31 years ago, so. Yeah. 
Yeah. No. Seriously, though, I have seen this movie, I don't know how many times, but like Sean, I had only seen the TV edited version. Nice. Uh, and it was a kind of a staple in our house. My dad was a Star Wars fan growing up, and when this uh, was made, this was something that was played in our house quite often. And uh, anytime it was on TBS or any other cable station, we watched parts of it or whatever I was allowed to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that just like any other Mel Brooks, Brooks movie, this is meant to be farcical and uh, playful and, and just making fun of things. And I didn't realize this, and I'm sure you'll get into the trivia later, but I'm going to break a little bit of it. Sorry. That's fine. Uh, that, that George Lucas was, you know, perfectly fine with it and loved it. And so I was surprised at that when I, when I read that, because I would have thought, you know, basically, especially the whole, uh, the way they market everything. I thought that was going to be an issue or would have been an issue. Well, it kind of was, but I think smartly he was okay with it because it only helped star Wars. That's true. It only pushed more people to star Wars. And there may have been people that saw this before they saw Star Wars. Right, um, and thought maybe you know, so, I should check this out. Right. You know, is it stupid? Yeah, in parts, but all Mel Brooks movies are. <laughs> and if you don't enjoy stupid funny, then you're not going to enjoy Mel Brooks, Mel Brooks movies. Exactly. Um, there are some things that I kind of roll my eyes at, but then there are some things that I truly laughed out loud with. <laughs> uh, we Ain't Found Shit was one of them. Um, right. <laughs> Uh, so uh, I don't know it's, there's some really good stuff um, and I'm sure we'll talk about the trivia the really interesting trivia in this one I thought anyway yeah and actually I I actually kind of uh, not captured I brought over a lot of trivia um, for this movie because one there was a lot of it um, when you have a movie that's this kind of popular and uh, cultish, uh, it, it it tends to have more trivia than some of the other films that we've done. Yeah. Um, and again, I didn't take any show notes because I, I again I, I could freaking quote this movie. Well, I can quote the edited version of this movie. <laughs> um, we ain't found nothing. We ain't found nothing. Yeah. So maybe it's not. It's God. nothing or crap. Maybe it's crap. Does that? I mean, I wonder. You know, this is even even the most controversial Mel Brooks film. Mm. Like, do you take? Um, Blazing Saddles and uh, put it on TBS. Well, yeah, because that's how the first time I saw it was in that medium too, and so the whole the sheriff is near part that all still plays. But then when they drop the actual in bomb, yeah. like they don't do that on TV. They don't they 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 bleep it out. So when when we did it for the podcast, I remember specifically saying I don't remember them saying the n word so many times in this movie, but they say a lot. And everyone, yeah, Corny and uh, you guys were like, yep, that's the way they yep, talk. That's, that's the way the it. movie is. And again, I didn't yeah. know that. So um, I think really the only Mel Brooks movie that I've seen the un- like the, the theatrical release more than any other one, I think is Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yeah, that's what I was say. That's probably the one because not a whole lot of change. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's not a whole lot of change. And, and I think I, I owned it early. Like I had it on VHS, I didn't. I didn't own either one. This or um, 
what was the other one I just we were just talking about on VHS? Um, <clears throat> I actually don't own um, blazing titles on any medium, but I do own D, uh, uh, space balls on DVD. At least I think I do. Maybe I don't. You do. I bought it. You I, oh okay. Do you still have I it? <laughs> no, I get it. No, I, I I don't know. It's probably my collection somewhere. <laughs> so so corny. <laughs> So, uh, first, first of all, it's good to have you back, buddy. Yeah, man. Uh, a thousand of years I've slumbered. <laughs> there some of me from my mortals. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I. It's, it's funny if you guys say I've only seen. You know, I saw it first as an edit. Every male book movie I've ever seen has been a theatrical release. Really. Yeah, um, I've I've never not seen I've never seen the TV versions of these. Well, no, let me rephrase. It was years before I saw a TV version of any of these. Mm. Spaceballs. I think the first time I saw was a you know VCR or I'm sorry, uh, a v, uh, tape VHS, or yeah. it was the, the full thing. And uh, but at that point in time, I'm already familiar with you know. Like that, so it really, <laughs> it really doesn't get worse than that. So I'm not like taking a shot, but uh, it still makes me laugh. But I like stupid comedy like that. I like Mel Brooks stupid comedy. Um, other movies, I don't think you can do this, um, or I don't, I don't think it would work outside of mine. But at the same token, um, this movie you can't, you can't do these movies now. You can't do this movie. In a modern setting, you couldn't take this idea, modernize it with the types of jokes, and people not get offended. Like, there's no way that that's a possibility at this point in time. Um, there would be, yeah, there'd be at least somebody to say, "Wait a second, you know, I'm yeah. offended by this." Or, well, I mean, even like, like to very much that point, corny, like Django Unchained came out, right? And they dropped the N-word about a million times in that movie. And some people got offended. And, oh, were, yeah. and, and that was a serious film about, you know, a, a period in time where people talked like that. And people got upset because it was a white director making them say these words. And so you're not wrong. I don't think, I don't think Blazing Saddles could be made in 2018. I definitely don't think... Um, Robin Hood Men in Types would be made. I think a version of this movie could be made because we're still so enveloped into the geek culture right now. But it would be way less black jokes, way less um, Jew jokes. Um, you know, it would be more just making mm-hmm. fun of the genre. Like, more like what Galaxy yeah. Quest is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh- Okay, yeah, but that's okay. You can do that, but but that's a different type of movie. Like Galaxy Quest is a sincere. Um, it's not making fun of Star Trek. It's almost a. But it's an homage, almost. Yeah, it's an homage. It's a tribute to Trek. Yeah. Um, and they poke fun at a couple of the of the Trek tropes, like oh, he got it, he ripped his shirt again, kind of bit. But, but it never got mean. No, no, it's never mean, and it's never. Um, in terms of the Trek culture. Right, right. Yeah, they're not making fun of Trek culture. They're also not, like, in this movie, they're kind of making fun of Star Wars fans. Um, 
and they're making fun of Star Trek a little bit. Uh, and some other, you know, they bring in aliens in and they do a couple other little things. But they're, they're kind of digging at them a little bit. And, of course, they're making their, their, their Jewish jokes and their black jokes and other jokes that Mel Brooks likes to, you know, all the tropes that he likes to, to challenge. <clears throat> yeah. All of them like above. Right. But I still enjoyed the hell out of this movie. And uh, um, I, I don't think I've ever felt different about this movie from the first time I saw it to now. Um, it's always felt the same. I've never been bored by it. Um, it's essentially rare. Like, Blazing Saddles has the same effect. Men in Tights, not so much. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, those two in particular, Spaceballs and um, Blazing Saddles, pretty much feel the same um, every time I watch it. So, uh, I, I there's really nothing I can say about the movie other than as it is a parody. I mean, there are things that are Absolutely silly. The the pit. I mean, the fact that they manufactured a pit that large makes you so happy. Right. I have one of those, by the way. Home the desert. Oh my gosh! You have a pit that big? Yes, actually, yes. Oh my god! Nice. I've never seen it. I have, I have to come over. I have one of those pits with the uh, black power fist on top. Nice. Oh, I've seen that. You had that in oh, college. Yeah. That's all right, yeah, but, yeah. yeah, you had it in college. You'd wear it around. It was great. You would make people super uncomfortable. I would laugh. Oh, it was, hell yeah. <laughs> that's a weird thing, right? That's right. But anyway, no, I, I don't really know what else to say other than the fact that I enjoyed the movie, and I'm, I'm going to be real bad about it because I just, I can't, I can't hate it. There's nothing I hate about this movie. Okay. Yeah. Hey, that's fine. Hey, Sam. Yeah. yeah um, uh, space balls. It's an interesting thing. And, and, um, you know, I, I mentioned to, to you, Sean, about this too, earlier in this week, this movie has a special place for me, especially now yeah. I, uh, had a really good high school friend, uh, that passed away unexpectedly, um, earlier in the month. And the, <laughs> the very first time I saw this movie was actually at his house, um, back in high school. So it was kind of ironic that, uh, we were doing this thing, but um, it kind of is that movie, though. In terms of the the movie you you show to friends, you know, you haven't seen Spaceballs. What? I'm gonna, you know, I, come on, we're renting it tonight, and uh, we'll uh, we'll put it in the VCR and 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 uh, put it in there, right? Um, it's that easily quotable, poking fun, Mel Brooks perfect movie to me in terms of, of a comedy um i put it right up there like uh like corny does with um not west side story blazing my brain saddles. is not blazing saddles and um i and, and i'm absolutely in love with the producers so um i put that up there you know along with uh with that so it, it i can watch this thing over and over um certainly is it cheesy oh my gosh there are some some parts that are just i don't know achingly <laughs> cheesy and not as funny as they'd like them to be but that's part of its its charm too it's it's totally earnest in trying to sell the jokes that it's doing and um i thought it was fun thought it was fun for the, however many times i've seen this thing and uh, i'll probably go watch it again at some point and laugh again so, how about you, Sean? Oh, sure. Well, I, I kind of said a lot of mine at the beginning with uh, you know the fact that this is 
I know one of the first times seeing the theatrical version of the movie. Um, and you know, to me, some of the jokes still work. Some of the jokes don't really work anymore. Um, but did they ever really? Yeah, I think some of the jo- like you have to kind of be in the nerd culture of the time to get some of the jokes. Like, I, I bet people probably like Young Frankenstein works regardless if you've ever seen a Frankenstein movie or read Mary Shelley's Frankenstein or not. Like, I think that movie still works. I still think Blazing Saddles works, even if you've never seen a Western before ever, right? But Mm -hmm. I think you have to have watched Star Wars to get most of these jokes. You have to have seen Star Trek to get why they want to do beaming and the the engineer is named uh, Snotty and he's Scottish wearing a kilt. Like, <laughs> um, and so like a lot of the jokes and then like the alien bit at the end, you know, you, you and that's actual John Hurt playing the scene. That's why he says, yeah. oh, not again. Um, like you have to know that that's from alien, right? The first one. And so I, that's why I think, again, I love the movie for what it did for nerd culture, but I feel like you have to to have been part of the nerd culture to begin with. So that might have alienated some things. The other interesting part uh, that Andrew brought up was about you know George Lucas actually really enjoying the movie, uh, reading the script ahead of time, and agreed to let Mel Brooks parody Star as long Wars as, he... as long as he didn't merchandise the movie. So that's why that whole bit about merchandising is in the movie is they're literally kind of poking fun at Star Wars for having all of this merchandise that George Lucas could make. That's why there's no such thing as a Spaceballs the Lunchbox. You can't find one. I mean, you could make one, but it wouldn't be licensed for the movie because they didn't merchandise the movie. They weren't allowed to. Yeah. So, which, I mean... (laughs) If, uh, of the merchandise of the movie, the only thing I'd actually want would be like a scale model of the Winnebago. <laughs> That'd be the yeah. one thing that I'd want. You know, like on my Christmas tree, have my Serenity, Firefly Serenity, you know, there, and then my Enterprise, and then the Winnebago. Like, like my triumphant of nerd spaceships is kind of what I would, uh, would want. Nice. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so... Uh, I watched this movie again with my roommate Chris, who I no longer—he's no longer my roommate. My roommate's now my wife. Did again. you kill him? No, no, no. He's—he's he's, oh, okay, he's, he's still in Indiana. He's still working. They got another week and a half worth of work. I came home. I'm glad you didn't do that this time. Yeah, and um, I was telling him, I said it probably wasn't until what? When did we do Planet of the Apes for the show? Like first year of the podcast, right? Yeah. It wasn't until that moment that we did that movie that I got the bit at the end when the space balls are coming, the guys are coming out of her nose, and he's and the Planet of the Apes guys walks up and goes, "Oh shit, there goes the planet." Didn't get that bit until just then <laughs> because I had never seen Planet of the Apes. I didn't get the joke, so you know it, it's. Fair it, but it's the same thing, right? Like you had to have seen the movie to get the joke. And so that's why I think that this movie doesn't 
<clears throat> it doesn't hold up for everyone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. It is an acquired taste. It's not even an acquired taste. It's like a. Well, maybe it is. Maybe that is. Maybe that does work. An acquired taste. It, like. Like you would. You would have had to have experienced other things to appreciate. Right. This particular. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And you. You were off fixing your microphone, corny, while I was making the point that like. Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles work as standalone movies. You don't have to have ever seen a Western to appreciate Blazing Saddles. You don't have to have read Mary Shelley's Frankenstein in order to get that movie, uh, Young Frankenstein. But you had to have watched Star Wars, some Star Trek, Aliens, and Planet of the Apes to get this movie. But at the same... Sorry, in the same idea where a Western is an older movie genre that we really don't do anymore, but it's old enough for people to know in commonplace because we've seen it in media, TV, right? even commercials demonstrate this stuff. Same thing with Frankenstein. We all know the idea of the Frankenstein monster. We say Frankenstein things in terms of a verb to, or an ad, you know, yeah, the yeah, idea yeah. is there. So I think maybe in the right amount of time, Spaceballs in that idea might actually be better them now because there's still a lot of people who didn't go that genre route of Star Wars and they don't understand that that's not something they've watched. But maybe in time, it's buried so deep in the culture, um, like Western. And I, and I, I think the problem with uh, a, a Star Wars uh, is that <clears throat> there's too many other things that people have gotten into and watched where Westerns were, you know, a bunch, and you didn't really have much else to watch. So I guess I just kind of countered my own argument. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, to, yeah, to that point, you know, a Western is a genre, right? Uh, Star, Star Wars is, you know, well, when this movie was made, it was three movies. Um, now there's, what, three, nine, seven, eight, nine, almost ten now. Uh and two TV series. Yeah. So, but <clears throat> three, uh, three, three clone wars, rebels. Isn't there? A, wait, I'm not thinking of, oh, no, no, I guess if you have to count the Ewok movies too. So I guess there's more than 10. Anyway, <laughs> my point is, is that, but like, like my son could walk in, which I think he's actually might be doing that soon. I just thought heard a door <laughs> I just heard a door shut, so either he had to go to the bathroom or he's about to walk in here. Um, he's in the window behind you, Sean. That'd be really crazy. That's the second story. So uh, he's five. It can um, be done. I, yeah. So anyway, um, my point is that, like, my son would get if he walked in while I was watching Spaceballs and saw. Andrew playing with his microphone. Um, in Saul, Dark Helmet, he would probably say, oh, is, is that Darth Vader? Like, he would probably get that reference. And I think most people get the whole, I'm your father's brother's cousin's former roommate bit because of the whole, I'm your father bit. Because, like what Corny said, even though people have never, there are people that have never seen Star Wars, they know that phrase. You know? Yeah. Though, of course, they know it wrong because they say, Luke, I'm your father, which, of course, isn't right. But but 
like my wife watched this. If if she she didn't watch it with me this time, obviously, because <clears throat> but she wouldn't get the alien the the chestburster scene. She wouldn't get that. <laughs> which which by the way, as a favor to Mel Brooks from George Lucas, Industrial Light and Magic did that scene. Nice. As a they did the puppetry for it as a as a way of saying, hey, we like what you're doing. This is cool. Here you go. Here's a little. Uh, oh, what's the Michigan J Frog? Uh, yeah, I was gonna ask. Did I get in trouble for that? I guess not. So, um, I don't know. I like the movie. I mean, I, I mean, I can I can say that I don't I don't of the Mel Brooks films, it's personally my favorite, but because it's making fun of my genre. You know, I mm-hmm. think personally, I think Young Frankenstein is his best film. Personally, again, that's just me. I think it's the best film. Still haven't seen that thing. Which uh, one? Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. Really? Didn't it's we totally do it for yeah. the podcast? I thought we did it for the show. I no. could have swore we did it for the show. About it, we didn't. Oh my gosh. I thought we did it for one of the Halloween movie uh, no. Halloween deals. I guess no. not. Damn. Well, we're going to have to find some way to rectify that. Of course, I'm sure it won't be streaming when it's actually Halloween. Um, we'll do Young Frankenstein. We'll find a way to do it. Um, <clears throat> Sam, all you need to know is putting on the Ritz. Putting on the Ritz. Putting on the Ritz. See, I know like the things from it, but yeah, so weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, and like in that very thing, I was getting made fun of by my roommate Chris for some movies that I hadn't seen from the '80s, but I could quote them because I've heard other people quote them so much. So, like, we when we were working, we'd be bored. Um, and we would play the whole, you say a quote of a movie, we try to guess the line, and he would only pick 80s movies. <laughs> um, he's seen a lot of movies, but that's just his his niche, his 80s movies. And he'd <clears throat> say the quote, and I'd still know it, and he'd go, oh, have you seen that? And I said, no, I just know the quote because I've heard other people quote it. And they would make fun of me for not having seen enough 80s movies. He's like, do you know there are good movies in the 80s? I'm like, you do know that they made good movies after the 80s too, right? Suck it! Yeah. So, anyway. Finish up with that. That always ends the statement well. That's true. I should have said that. I didn't. <laughs> with yeah. conviction. With conviction. Um, anyway. Oops. I was looking to see if uh, <clears throat> Young Frankenstein was uh, streaming. It doesn't look yeah, it's not streaming on. Um, too long, John. I know. Sorry. Your beard has slowed you down. It is not. It's made you weak. No. <laughs> made me weak. It's made my chin itch. I was born with a beard. You have merely adopted it. <laughs> yeah, I was born. <laughs> I was born with a beard. <laughs> actually, above of the four of us, corny, I would actually bet that you were born with a beard. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, oh, have you seen, have y'all seen like the length of my beard as of late? No, well, no. I'm almost mountain man status. Hold on, check this out. Ah. oh wow, there you go. Yeah, you got to get some uh, something behind you there. <laughs> yeah, I'm all black. Yeah, yeah it's, it's uh, black on black, man. We got to help us out here. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Right. Oh yeah, I saw you on your live stream the other night. Anyway, that's right. No one cares. Um. I don't know what else to talk about. Uh, I mean, yeah. like, hey, let's uh, let's talk about uh, um, 
Shit, I gotta do. I okay. How about this? So here's. Sorry, I'm, my back hurts. So one of the things that one of the jokes that that didn't work for me in the movie. Um, I liked. How do I say this? Big butts and I cannot lie. Yeah. <laughs> Deadpool. Right, the movie Deadpool was one. He shows up in this movie, yeah, yeah, okay. And Deadpool, you know, breaks the fourth wall. He's self-aware that he's in a movie, right? Yeah. And there are other movies that Mel Brooks do- does where they break the fourth wall. They do it. I know in Men in Tights. I don't think they do it in Young Frankenstein. I'm pretty sure they don't. And I don't remember if they did it in Blazing Saddles. I just don't remember. Corny. I think. Oh gosh, I'm trying. Um, yes, um, um, Cleveland Little at some point in time looks at the screen. I, I forget where they were, but he's sitting down. He looks at the screen, says something to it, and then they, but that's a very quick one. But yeah, he does break the fourth wall. Yeah, I think I remember something like that too. Uh, Actually, let me see if I can find it. Keep going. It's something about is it something about white women or something? I can't remember what he says. <laughs> Really? No, seriously. No. <laughs> That's actually, I don't remember what it is, but I think it's uh, towards the end when they're in the theater or something to that effect. Well, that actually breaks the fourth wall there because they, they jump onto another movie set. Yeah. That breaks the fourth wall. Um, right. They did it too many times in this movie, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, okay, the camera runs into Dark Helmet. He literally pushes the Colonel Sanders out of the way, and he gets hit to face with a camera. Okay, fine. So you did it that time. And then, like, he does the whole the, the intro clip that I played where he, he, he basically gives the plot of the movie and then he looks at the camera and says, everybody got that? Uh, okay. So there's two. Um, they kill the boom operator in the lightsaber duel at the end. Um, <laughs> and there was a fourth time. I can't remember. But, there were, it, like, they did it too many times, in my opinion. Um, and I would have been, I would have, I thought it, it's clever when you do it once or twice, but I thought they, it, it's not like the Peter Griffin on the ground going, ah, ah, with his knee for four minutes and it becomes funny. You know, like they, I felt like they did it too many times in my opinion. I like the helmet crashing into the camera and then kill the boom guy. And then that's it. Like just those, leave those two. And, um, <clears throat> cause you know, it's always the boom guy's fault. You should always kill him. Yeah. Damn sound, guys. Um, I'm gonna play a clip or two, and if something else strikes our fancy, then we'll. Uh... So it's so hard to review a comedy like this. Yeah, it it is. Again, we we did that, but we did the same thing with Blazing Saddles. You know, it was like we we kind of knew what we were getting into with that. Um, but I captured, I only captured five clips, uh, partly because I was running out of time because uh, I, I I got home earlier today. Um, but the other part was. I had to pick and choose what I kind of thought were some of the funnier moments for me. Um, so here we go. This, this part, I don't know why this part makes me laugh, but this one still gets me. What's the matter with this thing? What's all that churning and bubbling? You call that a radar screen? No, sir. We call it Mr. Coffee. Care for some? Yes! I always have coffee when I watch radar. You know that. Of course I do, sir. Everybody knows that. Of course we do, sir! I don't know why that part makes me laugh, but it does. Um, I mean, that's funny, too, because at the time, like, the Mr. Coffee thing was, like, a real big thing. And so the fact that they had Mr. Mr. Coffee, Mr. Radar, Mr. Rental. 
Okay, did we like that bit? You know, the the instant video, the movie is in the stores. Oh, I liked it. I thought it was I thought it was quite funny. What the hell am I looking at? I I because that's again breaking the fourth wall like in several ways, I think. Um I thought it was funny, but but then it's like, okay, hang in there. If if you're gonna be omnipotent by having the movie, then then keep going. Then why yeah, why didn't you just watch the rest of the movie to figure out how you were gonna get blown up, you know? Like uh, <laughs> Anyway. I wondered that this time, and I, I don't think I've thought in the past when I've watched it, I don't think I thought it, but this time I thought, I don't understand why you don't just keep watching. Right, or how did how did you see them on a desert planet and you know which one to go to? They're on the moons of Vega. How do you know that? It's just a desert. Like, is that the only desert planet in a thousand light years? I don't know, so... um. But it was still funny. Maybe. And the and the giant the giant um hairdryer made me laugh. Only what you need to survive. It's my industrial strength hairdryer and I can't live without it. Uh I I captured this because I'm um um contractually obligated to do so. Alright, I'll take a shot at it. What the hell it works on Star Trek. There you go. So <laughs> um there's, oh, ac- shade. there's actually another Star Trek reference or um, connection in this movie. Is anybody aware of it? All right, hold on a second. Um... No. No. No? No. The guy who is holding the pick who said, We ain't found shit, plays Commander Tuvok in Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> really? Wow. You're right? Damn. How cool is that? And I didn't know that until I looked it up in the trivia and saw that it was Tim Russ. And I'm like, holy shit. That's great. He was a space ball before he was on Star Trek. I love it. Um, I guess he finally found shit. Right? Uh, and speaking of wit. We ain't found shit. There we go. So <laughs> I now have that for forever. We ain't found shit. There we go. So We ain't found shit. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah, and then uh, you can say stuff like, um, "Oh man, you know, like." That is one big pile of shit. There we go. So, <laughs> nice. I I I wish I um, whenever my desktop gets back, uh, and, uh, and uh, under there is a maze of shit. Here we go. So, one of these days, I'm gonna take all my 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 shit uh, lines and just turn them into like one big long shit. Or just cut out all the shits and just. Different shit levels of for oh, that's a good idea. Like saying something says something pretty awful, you go shit or you know like a montage of shits. I like that. Yeah. A shit taj, if you will. We ain't found shit. There you go. All right, I'm done with that. Sorry. Um <laughs> if you're if you listen to the show with your kid in the car, I'm sorry. Sorry. Um I had to again I I also felt contractually obligated to capture this. I'm having trouble with the radar, sir. What's wrong with it? I've lost the bleeps, I've lost the sweeps, and I've lost the creeps. The what? The what? And the what? You know, the bleeps. The sweeps. And the creeps. That's not all he's lost. <laughs> I love Michael Winslow. What's up with the 80s and having the, you know... Michael Winslow? <laughs> yeah. Well, Like, you don't see that at all anymore. Uh, there's actually a bit of trivia where they they were that whole scene was going to be different, but then Mel Brooks got the idea. Well, if we just hire 
Michael Winslow to do the sound effects, then it'll be cheaper. (laughs) 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 Uh, Which I love. Um, It's because of that man I actually know how to do my voice guitar sound. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Here's this. We ain't found shit. Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) At last, we meet for the first time for the last time. At last, we meet for the first time for the last time. Before you die, there is something you should know about us, Lone Star. What? I am your father's, brother's, nephew's, cousin's, former roommate. There you go. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, again, that joke doesn't work as well. But, you know, then he shoots the laser and he bounces off the mirror and hits himself in the nuts. That's pretty funny, too. Um, it did do the trope though of the the power is within you. You don't need the ring. I mean, they they recently spoiler alert. They recently did that in Thor Ragnarok. So I mean, they're they're still using that trope. Yep. Um, oh, my intro thing, the last dragon. Mm-hmm. The entire movie is about him finally understanding he is a dragon. he's his own. He's an actual kung fu master. Right. That's the entire trip of the movie. So, but he always had it in him. So, yeah. so like the Matrix, you know, there is no spoon. All you have to do is believe that he's the one. Got it. Yeah. Except that was also a lie. Well, that's true. Yep. <laughs> spoiler. Uh, no, so, it's not a spoiler. It's been, it's been way too yeah, long. Yeah, 1999, we're good. Yeah. Uh, so spoilers. Yeah. If any were. Uh, I'm just kidding. I was going to say. Yeah, I, you got to go see it, dude. I'm surprised you haven't been spoiled yet. Yeah, well... What happens when you teach 77 high schoolers that all go to the is you're sitting in your office and all of a sudden you hear blah, 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 get, and I'm like, stop, stop talking, stop right now. And so I've heard some things that probably have been spoiled now. I I figured I was going to get a visit from my son tonight. What's up, bud? You had a bad dream? Okay. It's Declan. Declan. I'd say it'd be a bad dream if there's blood involved there. Yeah. <laughs> you want me to come check you back in? Did you kill somebody again? All right. All right. Let me, let me pause what the show. What did we say while, while we pause about manslaughter? All right. Hold on. Pause Re-recording. Sorry about that. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, for a little break. Of course, you guys at home have no idea that there was a 10-minute recess for uh, my son. All right. Here we go. I don't remember what we're talking about because that was a long time ago, so I'm just going to play this. Dick. Now for some more bad news. Ready? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you scream dicks, right? <laughs> <laughs> Big old bag of dicks. Uh, the Millennium Falcon from Star Wars makes a cameo appearance in this movie. Did you guys know that? Where? <laughs> There's at the diner, egg- isn't it? It's at the diner. It's parked on the little uh, platform. Oh. I read that when I was watching the movie um, and definitely looked for it, and you can see that there it is. Uh, George Lucas got a chance to read the script before production, and I like uh, I mentioned earlier, loved it so much that he decided to give special effects company uh, ILM uh, uh, help to make the film. Uh, nice. In the scene where Dark Hillman is playing with his dolls, it was not in the script. Writer and director Mel Brooks came up with the idea on the set one day and told Rick Moranis, who improv the entire scene, including the dialogue. Nice. <laughs> Did you see anything? No, sir, I didn't see you playing with your dolls again. Um, 
In a 2013 television interview, Mel Brooks stated that he personally obtained George Lucas' full permission to parody any and all things Star Wars, but on the one condition that absolutely no merchandise of any kind to be produced from the film. Barf, Barf's costume was operated by three people. John Candy operated Barf's tail using a hidden control in his paw, while two assistants controlled each ear. Candy's costume was powered by a 30-pound battery that he wore on his back. Oof. And there's a couple of scenes where you can see where he's, uh, you see his back. You can see this big square lump in the middle of his back. Uh, and Tim Russ is the Star Trek guy who says we ain't found. Stop. That's like carrying around a four-year-old all the time. No kidding. Only a dead weight four-year-old that doesn't yeah. help. It's pretty much a four-year-old. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> eh, they'll hold on a little bit. I, guess I don't want to go go limp. Yeah, right. Yeah, Don't you yeah. go limp on me, Sean. Um, which, by the way, Corny, I haven't really had a chance to talk to you much, but my roommate Chris and I, we rewatched the entire entirety of Leverage. Hell yes. Oh, I just started watching it myself, actually. And uh, It's really like my fifth viewing. Yeah, it was probably about my fourth or fifth time, too. And frankly, I, I actually enjoyed it more this time because I knew a lot of what was going to happen. And watching it with someone who had never seen it before, it was kind of cool because I was like, oh, this isn't one of the better episodes. He's like, dude, I freaking loved it. I'm like, oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Excuse me while I whip this out. Speaking of. Cleave so, on a little. So we decided to do something different. By we, I mean Andrew came up with a really great idea. So we've done Mel Brooks movies. We've done um, certainly space movies um, and parody movies. So Andrew came up with the idea of pick one movie for the three stars of the movie, being John Candy, Bill Pullman, and Rick Moranis. Um, unless you picked a different three stars, which is fine too. But just kind of your, if not your favorite movie, one of your favorite movies that that actor portrayed in. And Are we talking about like, okay, so star stars or people with? I, I, I would say one of the like top billing people. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? That's the point of mine. Is it going to change up people's uh, answers? Uh, it's going to change It'll be fine. Yeah. <coughs> oh, goodness. All right. Andrew, you good? Sorry. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, I'm going to start with, uh, the honestly, my least favorite of the three actors, and that would be Mr. Pullman, um, which I'm not saying he's a bad actor, but uh, my aunt actually went to college with him. Oh, that's cool. oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and knows him personally and uh, knows his wife really well. But uh, Independence Day would be my movie for Homer. Sure. Yes. Um, number two, I guess, would be uh, Rick Moranis' film. And, you know, I, I started to go one direction with this, and I thought, you know, that movie everybody's probably seen everybody kind of knows but there's one movie that i absolutely love and i loved when i was a kid and you have a close connection with this film with one of your uh friends former colleagues but the uh little giants oh right right um, <laughs> which i i loved it growing up i thought that was a great movie and then uh john candy this is 
up there in some of my maybe top 20 movies of all time is The Great Outdoors. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think I've ever seen that. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Huh. I think one of John Candy's better movies. Sure. All right, right on. And uh, while you were saying that that last bit, Andrew, I had to go look through. Um, I have my pictures here. One of these days I'm going to post it on the Internet, but you mentioned um, Little Giants starring Rick Moranis and Ted... Uh, what's his name? Ginn Jr. Not Ted Ginn Jr. Uh, Bundy, right? Wasn't it Bundy from yeah, uh, yeah. Married with Children? And the girl that played Icebox. Wait, wait, Ted Bundy's a serial. Yeah, so, yeah, not Ted Bundy. I just want to stop myself. <laughs> Al Bundy. Al Bundy. Al Danson. Yeah, and Al no. Bundy. Al Bundy. Yeah, Al Bundy. Ted Bundy. Uh, but the, the, the girl that played Icebox, and her name is Shauna Waldron, and I'm showing the the, the that's that's her there. Um, one of these days, did you, I'll, run, did you run into her in that picture? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'll, one of these days, I'll have to put <laughs> try to take a selfie and, and run into somebody like that. Something like that. There's another. There's another picture. Again, no one at home. People who are listening can't obviously participate in this. Yeah. But I, I apologize for that. Anyway, um, so yeah, I knew Shauna. I could Photoshop too, you know. <laughs> Shut up. You, <laughs> you can Photoshop, but. <laughs> Dems are real. So anyway, cool. Right on. Corny. All right. So uh, my number three is going to be uh, Home Alone. Okay. The first one. For, for John, John Candy. Candy. Sure. Uh, Bill Pullman. Uh, sorry. Actually, I'll say that for one one. My number two. No, 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 no. My number two is uh, Bill Pullman as uh, El Presidente in Independence Day. Right. Mm-hmm. And my number one is uh, Mel Brooks. As he plays his cameo in Blazing Saddles. Okay. Nice. Right on. Right on, Sam. Oh, you cut me mid yard. Sorry. Yeah, sorry um, I know it's- all right. I've got uh, Rick Moranis. And, Schwartz is uh, swollen. As the, uh, the key. Um, the gatekeeper. Gatekeeper. Oh, yeah. Full of closer. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I've got to mention Honey, I Shrunk the Kids because it was my first date ever in the fifth grade. Oh, yeah, holding hands. So, yeah. And um, then I've got uh, John Candy in Cool Runnings. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Coach. And then, of course, Bill Pullman. I'm right there with Corny in uh, uh, I Can Fly. I'm a pilot. I fly. I'm a pilot. Uh, Independence Day. Uh, it's glad, I'm glad Chad's dad made that movie. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of does remind me of a crazy Randy Newman, doesn't he? Yeah. That's too funny. That's great. Um, uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, okay, so my number something, where is it? My list, where'd it go? So yeah, so my Rick Moranis, I also did Ghostbusters. Um, those little giants probably have to be uh, a, a close second. Actually, honestly, my number one would be this movie, but I can't do that because it would break the rules that I invented. So I'm going to say uh, Ghostbusters. Uh, my Bill Pullman, I originally wrote Independence Day, not realizing that all three of us or all four of us were going to pick Independence Day. So I'm going to quickly switch it over to American President. Either he wasn't in that. So either. Was he not? 
No, Shauna Waldron was in American President. Which one? Did the the. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay. American President. He was uh, the president was Douglas Michael Douglas. No. Oh, okay. And Charlie Sheen's dad uh, was in it. Oh, he's uh, married to this uh, this the uh, Mexican lady. Well, yeah, in real life, yeah, he's married to yeah. Catherine Zeta-Jones, the yeah. who's from Wales. And uh, so Bill Pullman will either be Newsies, again, he's a, it's a small role. I mean, honestly, it's got to be Independence Day. It, it has to be, but I'm just trying to think of other movies I liked him in. And my number, for John Candy, um, I was trying to think as far outside of the box as I could, so I went with Rookie of the Year. He's the announcer. Oh, uh, yeah. Nice. Um, I liked him a lot in that movie. He's really funny. Funky butt loving. Yeah. Did he just say funky butt loving? Um, I said that uh, at the construction site uh, last week, and no one got the reference. I was a little upset. Um, but it is kind of a weird movie for a bunch of dudes to know. Uh, here we go. Oh, I got to pull my phone out. Um, out of 10. This is where we give the movie. Wait, what's supposed to happen? Uh, out of t- out of ten, uh, one out of ten uh, for the movie. And Andrew, you go. All right. Um, I mean, it still makes me laugh. I still think it's a, a fine film. And as far as parodies go, it's one of my favorite. Um, and like we said, you have to kind of view a parody in a different light. Mm-hmm. Um, but having said that, I'm going to give this. A, uh, IMDb says about seven point one, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty close with it. I'm going to go a little bit higher, maybe seven point two three. Okay, right on, Corny. Hey, Corny. By the way, did you watch the Cloverfield Paradox? The week no, we did it. I, I did not. You should you should watch it if you get a chance. You might enjoy some part. Don't tell me how to live. Uh, <laughs> well, if I do it, I won't. Uh, what would you give this movie? I'm going to give it uh, a 10. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what it means. Uh, <laughs> like a, no, I'm going to actually give it a, a, a 9.5. Oh, wow. I, uh, I, I just, I, like I said, it's a, for years, this movie has always made me feel the same way. And I know it's not going to hold up, and I know it's not going to be anything, but it's stupid Mel Brooks witty comedy and toilet humor all rolled up into one giant space ball. Hmm. I'm actually going wow. back through your corn, your list corny of, of movies where you gave, uh, something a nine. Oh, they're very select. Yeah. So, so far I'm at saving private Ryan, wonder woman, Logan. Uh, captain America through No, uh, the replacement the first, the replacements you gave a ten. <laughs> I love that freaking movie. Yeah, you did. I had to edit myself. I love the movie. Uh, and Goodwill Hunting. Oh, and uh, the uh, that's first far, Avengers movie. That's as far back as uh, my 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 list goes. Oh, but yeah, I and I gave you. a ten to the first Avengers movie. Yeah, I believe you. Uh, all right, right on. Hey, I no 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 judgment. I I'm with you. Sam. Skew the hell out of the score. Yeah, well. Oh, okay. Um. I this is this is nostalgia uh, for me, um, but I gotta say there are a few jokes that just don't land as well as they used to. So um, 
I would recommend it, but would not uh, say that they absolutely needed to, to go see it right then and there. So I would probably give it a uh, 7.1 out of 10. All right. Hey, Sam, a uh, quick question. Yeah. Why do you, why do you hate America? <laughs> oh. Uh, I'm kind of with no one. I'm just going to say an 8.5. I like it. Uh, it holds up. Parts of it hold up, but it it's my kind of comedy because it's making fun of my favorite genre and the jokes just work for me because it's my favorite genre. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Um, uh, I'm trying to think how to write the top three uh, stars for this. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Next week, we are doing something... In the same vein of, of, of space and whatnot, uh, but we're doing a very serious movie called The Arrival. On It's on Amazon Prime. Oh, is it? Oh, cool. And, uh, oh, when does it get here? I don't know. I we guess we'll find out next week. And then after that, after that, the week after that, uh, we have another request by listener Andrew, who wants us to do, he said, I enjoyed your... Um, uh, Big Trouble in Little China movie so much that he wants us to do another John Carpenter, Kurt Russell film. So we're doing Escape from New York. Oh, nice. Which I've never seen. I've only I'm seen uh, Escape <sighs> from L.A. So, uh, so next week we'll do Arrival. We'll do a serious um, Oscar-worthy film. And then we'll do something called that's completely different with Escape from New York. Um and then we've got some other good movies on the on the list coming up soon. So, in the meantime, uh, in the meantime, while I hit the button to play some music, you can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash cheap seat reviews. Um, the website's down, and frankly, it's kind of down indefinitely. We don't we don't really know when that's coming back. Uh, it's more of a financial thing than really anything else yeah. at this point. Um, I mean, I guess if you, if the listeners that really, really want it back on, I guess you can always uh, throw some money at our GoFundMe.com slash Cheap Seat Reviews. Uh, Twenty five bucks gets you on the up, gets you on the show. You pick a movie and get you on the show. So if that's something you want to do, you take a free swing, Sean. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, if you really want to? Um, I wouldn't. I'm not gonna go anywhere. So you gotta drive to where I live in South Carolina, but. Um, I'll take it. Um, and I'm yes. Not... What? You said, right. Corny, you say you're going to do it? No, uh, no. I was going to say, you were in Anderson, South Carolina, and you didn't even take the time to come see me. So. Uh, uh, um, in all fairness, I was beating the crap out of something else. Uh, okay. But I didn't name my drum set yeah. Sean. I was so. going to say, your drum set? Uh, you named it Sean? No, you didn't. That's okay. the dumbest name for a drum set ever. Um... <laughs> I'm not proud because I actually did. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, anyway, that's uh, Twitter.com slash or at Cheap Seat Red and bearded. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> your, drum, your drum set is red and bearded? That's weird. But it smokes. It's really rude. Oh, no. That's not me. Anyway, uh, on behalf of Corny, Andrew, and Sam, this is Sean saying thank you for listening and may the Schwartz be with you.
found clips. 